going on players and playettes welcome to the third show as my friends from the south would say trace of the indie mazo podcast i want to thank everybody that's listened to us for the first two episodes we're rapidly rising as a top 25 percent performing podcast in north america thanks to all of you we're on every major podcast network that includes but not limited to apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio. you name it we're on it baby we're oj simpson we're running and gunning We're running from the law. In the white Bronco, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. That's where we're at. This is going to be a good show. I'm really excited to do this. I'm wondering, do you drive a Toyota? If you do, let's not forget about Pearl Harbor. I didn't watch my buddies lie face down in the muck so you could drive a a freaking Toyota. Actually, I'm kind of kidding because Toyota actually does make a good product and they probably employ more people in the United States of America than half the, the domestic manufacturers that say they do. I don't know how many how many Ford F-150s come out of America, but I think a lot of them actually come out of Mexico and Canada. So, but seriously, let's not forget about our boys at Pearl Harbor. I want to give a shout out to all my military personnel out there listening. Love you guys. All my first responders, police, fire, EMS. Love you guys completely and wholeheartedly. All my teachers, everybody that serves a job, that serves people, God bless you. I don't know how you do it. Some of these people today drive me freaking nuts. These these freaking lazy bastards. You know, I was at the grocery store the other day. These these lazy pricks are just laying their, leaving their grocery carts all over the place. I mean, how lazy are you? I just want to jump out of the car with a baseball bat and just start beating the shit out of people. You lazy pieces of shit. Turn, put the cart back in the goddamn cart return for Christ's sakes. Oh, it drives me nuts. Sorry for going crazy, but that drives me nuts. You know how Aldi, they used to, they tried to curb that, right? With the 25, 25 cent cart return policy. You, had to, you know, you had to put a quarter in. Well, these lazy pieces of shit now because of inflation, what's a quarter? They don't give a shit. I put Six carts back in the Aldi cart return today. Got me a buck fifty. I'll take it. You know what I mean? At Aldi, you could do some damage with a buck fifty. You could buy some Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Speaking of Aldi, they got some good stuff there. I was looking. I don't know if you guys like charcuterie boards. I just like saying charcuterie boards. But it's a plethora of meat and cheeses. I mean, just delicious. The 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 aged Parmesan. You got some some provolone on there. You got some. You know, Italian sausages and, you know, the the pepperoni and it's just really, really good. And I got I got me to thinking about appetizers in general, which is one of my favorite things. But what's proper etiquette when you're at a party and they have an appetizer tray, you know, especially when the girl's walking around and you're you're juiced up on, you know, two, three old fashions. You're juiced up. She's walking around with some with some pigs in a blanket. How many do you take? I don't know about you guys, but I, at that point, I don't really care about that. Well, it depends. It it depends how many are on the plate. I look at how many are on the plate. You know, if there's a 30 pack on there, I'm taking two or three pigs in a blanket. I mean, that's just what I'm doing, especially if they have those bacon wrapped smokies with the, with the brown sugar. Holy shit. That's like meat candy. 
it's meat candy. You got to take at least three or four of those, right? I mean, that's just what you got to do. I love it. I love it. I love Aldi, and I think they're they're doing a great thing. And I hope they raise the cart return fee to like fifty cents, or maybe put a credit card machine on those things, so these lazy pricks actually return their carts. Have you ever been into an internet worm? You know what I mean. You get on the internet, you get deep, deep into the internet and the interwebs of the Googleisms and the Yahoos, and you're just, just you're back to page one, like the very first page of the internet, like, welcome to the internet. I was there the other day. I literally, I think I hit the first page of the internet from, you know, way back in the day. And I was, it was something stupid. I was doing some research on a product from Amazon. I think it was like a toaster or some shit. It got really good reviews. And then I figured out the reason why people were tanking them is because the CEO was like embezzling money and ended up having an affair on his wife. And then, you know, she was a porn star. Now you're, now you're doing a deep dive on who the porn star was. And next thing you know, you, you trip across the girl named Brandy Love, who's 50 years old and still smoking hot. Now you're on youporn.com. Anyway, don't judge me. You know, that's just how it goes. That's what happens. And we're going to talk about some crazy, crazy, crooked ass shit, including ESG. I don't know if you know what ESG is. That's environmental social governance. And that is basically a program backed by the United Nations of all things who control where your money goes. I don't know if you've ever heard of BlackRock, Vandergaard, State Street. Those are some venture capitalists, some investment firms. If you have a 401k or a pension, your money's going in there and they're, they're contributing to this. I don't know. You know, the Dylan Mulvaney thing, you know, Bud Light. Listen, first of all, let me just jump into this with Bud Light. Okay. First of all, Bud Light made a mistake. They made a mistake. I don't drink the shit myself. I don't think it's good. I never did think it was good. But at the flip of the coin, right, they, they had 2,500 influencers and they basically gave everybody a can. The one you heard about was the transvestite Dylan Mulvaney. But let's look at the good thing of what Anheuser-Busch does. They actually employ 65,000 Americans. They donate millions and millions of dollars. I think 221 millions to the veterans funds, the first responder funds and the farmers. So, you know, I'm one of those guys, right. That I don't, you know, I didn't think that was, you know, I think it was horseshit. And I think, you know, it was done intentionally, which it was. And we're going to talk about it with the ESG thing because they were forced to, they were forced to, but at the same point in time, I mean, do you really put a bullet in a company's head that really does what they do and they employ so many Americans? You know, that would be like my boy that sells houses out West, right? BJ Worthy. He's a Remax agent, right? Do you not use him because his name's BJ Worthy? I would use him because his name was BJ Worthy. You know, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys, I don't judge people by politics, names, skin color, religions, or anything else really. I know if you're a jack-off or not, within the first three seconds of our conversation, I know if you're a piece of shit. I really do. And I believe that as long as you're a good person, um, I believe that you're worth my time and I would align myself with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't align myself with people that are pieces of shit or that are racist or, you know, they just 
they have a negative outlook on life in general. I don't align myself with those kind of people. I really don't. I got that from Joe Rogan. Um, and there's another guy that he had, Patrick Bet David. He talks about this ESG stuff. Uh, first of all, Joe Rogan's a, just a top-notch dude, man. I love him. I really, really do. I don't know if you saw the episode about with him and uh, Dana White, and they were talking about Peloton. And No, it, was, it wasn't him. It was uh, Theo Vaughn, who's another good one. They were talking about Barry McCarthy. He's the CEO of Peloton. And he called Theo because he, he wanted to pull down an episode because Robert Kennedy Jr., he had a previous episode with Robert Kennedy Jr., who's a Democrat, by the way, but he thought it would uh, hurt their, their stock options or their stock value. And Theo was maybe considering Dana White got on there and said, you know what? Fuck him. This Barry McCarthy guy. And I did look at it. This, this dude, what a doucher. He's a typical guy that wears a helmet when he's riding his stationary bike. Who's a, you know what I mean? That's, that's where we're at with this comp, with this country and, and environmental social governments, right? Let's just get into it. Like these little douchebags think they have the power and they can tell you what to say and what not to say. You know, the same douchebag, Barry McCarthy, CEO, he's from San Francisco, right? Go figure. 38,000 homeless people, 53 companies have left their, uh, left the city since like 2020, I think. Chevron, Tesla. I don't know if Tesla actually left yet or not, but, you know, Charles Schwab. Uh, 34% of the total office vacancy in San Francisco is vacated. Here, this guy, Barry McCarthy, is that's his hometown. He's running some pedal bike company in New York. He don't give two shits about San Francisco, but he's, he's going to give two shits about what Theo Vaughn says on his podcast. You know what I'm saying? F that that's horseshit. And, and that, that's what it comes down to. And these companies and these, these people that think they have power, but it all comes down to the ESG thing. It's environmental social governments. And it's a score that measures how companies address risk with respect to environmental social governance, right? What their carbon risk is, employee safety, board diversity, employee diversity, right? Like they want to make sure they're hiring, you know, a diverse portfolio of people, basically. And they used analysts and algorithms to calculate environmental, social, and governance ratings to combine basically a FICO score, which is kind of like your credit score, which is another, the biggest scam in American history, how three private companies, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian can control what you borrow money at and the interest rate because, you know, you've lost, you, maybe you, you accidentally missed a payment. You know what I mean? You're 32 days late. Next thing you know, they, instead of dinging your score 15 points, they ding it 30 points because the big banks tell them to. And that's another show, but I think that's one of the biggest scams in North America, and that is your credit score. Because it's not controlled by anybody, it's not regulated by anybody, but really neither is this, right? 2006, the United Nations enacted Principles for Responsible Investing, which is the PRI. And there was like six principles, and they basically incorporate ESG into investment analysts, um, ensure investment activities are aligned with social and environmental commitments, Disclose investment policies, proceedings during rela in relationship to responsible investments, yada, yada, yada. But here's the bottom line how this works, right? So it was started by the United Nations, which is basically a chokehold. And it basically worked like this. If you have a high ESG score, if you're a company and you have a high ESG score, these big three 
Black Rock Vandergarden State Street are probably going to dump a shit ton of money of your money, by the way, your 401k, your pension money. They're going to dump into them because you know what? They've got a high ESG score. If you don't, they're, you're not going to get any capital. It's absolutely crazy, crazy. And how this actually was started by the UN, the United Nations, you thought United Nations like controlled wars and shit. They don't. It's really more financial control in the world and the financial distribution of money than anything. That's what the United Nations does. And they're controlled by NGOs. Now, an NGO, what's an NGO? That's a national, I'm sorry, that's a non-for-profit government organization or non-governmental organization. Through lobbying and advocacy, they have partnerships and massive influence on the UN's agenda. So who controls the UN? That was the UNEP Finance Incentive. It's a partnership between the UN UN Environmental Program and the financial community. Now, here's the biggest scam of the world, right? So let's get into the environmental part, right? Tesla has a lower score than ExxonMobil when it comes to environmental score. I believe overall score on ESG. Now, how's that possible? The last time I checked the environment, uh, Tesla makes electric powered vehicles, which the federal government's been backing for years and ExxonMobil makes petroleum. So how they have a lower ESG than Tesla, you right there, you know, it's a scam. And these, these programs are controlled by NGOs, which is, you know, Anesty International, Doctors Without Borders, uh, World Wildlife Fund, Oxfam, Save the Children, 950 million who controls the ngos that's right all your all your big people bill melinda gates your george Soros of the world open society foundation 100 mil a year human rights campaign 32 billion of his own money you think if you donated 32 billion dollars of your own money you're gonna have some control right let's talk about blackrock vandergarden state street i believe they control they have about $70 trillion in assets. And they really, really control what these companies do, right? Dylan Mulvaney thing with Bud Light. Why did they do that? Well, it's real simple. Like I said, they had a low ESG score and they had to put some transvestite on a can and raise their ESG score, which backfired, by the way, because the ESG people didn't like how they responded to it and they still tanked them. But these companies, they're not making these decisions. These CEOs and these board members, they're not making the decisions. They're making the decisions because the financial elite tell them that's how they need to align their company. And if you don't believe me, do your research. Go out there and Google ESG and Google BlackRock and all these conglomerates that run this country, the food industry, you know, Pepsi Cola, 72% of the stocks owned by no less than 3,155 institutional investors. The top 10 investors together amount to the value of $59 billion. But out of those 10, BlackRock, Vandergarden, State Street own more stock than the other seven. So do your math. You think, and PepsiCo is one of those top 20 companies that's responsible for 98, you know, there's 20 companies they say in, in the world, or at least in the United States that control 90 some percent of the groceries you buy in the grocery store because they own so many brands. PepsiCo is one of those. And Vandergaard, BlackRock, and State Street are their biggest investors. When it comes to the tech industry, same thing. BlackRock, Vandergaard, State Street, Apple, 14%. Microsoft, 15%. Amazon, 13%. 
Tesla Motors, 11%. IBM, 16%. They control that amount of the company with their shares. And again, you're the owner of those shares, but guess what? You're in the boat, but you're not the captain. They have the wheel. They control where your money's going. I mean, these guys are crazy, crazy, crazy. BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard hold $46 billion in debt and equity in oil companies currently operating in the Amazon forest, right? Think about that. $46 billion in companies currently operating in the Amazon rainforest, but yet these, these same guys that are telling Bud Light that you need to put a transvestite on a can. And I don't know where you're at. Listen, I don't judge people by politics, skin color, religions, or anything else like that. I really, really don't. I know if you're a jack-off in the first 15 seconds of meeting you. I really do. But as long as you're a good person, I will align myself with you. And that's why I'm not kicking Anheuser-Busch or Bud Light out yet. Again, they $221 million. They, they, they support the veterans, the first responders, the farmers. You know, so they screwed up. They, they had 25 influencers that day, and they gave Dylan Mulvaney one cannon or a six-pack, and all hell broke loose. But again... It wasn't their decision. It was controlled by these companies that want companies to align with the way they want the way business they think should be run. And it's absolute horseshit. It's absolute horseshit. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Farm and health industry, the Vanguard Group, largest shareholder, Johnson & Johnson, 8.89%, American Co., 8.9%, Abivai, 8.97%, CVS Health, 10%. And these companies, these this Vandergaard State Street, they'll pin other companies against each other, right? They'll have three of the four big farmers, uh, pharmaceuticals going against each other. They'll have Target going against Walmart. They'll have, you know, ExxonMobil going against another, another fuel company. That's how they control it. It's not about the money. Again, they have the money. It's about the power. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, one of the most powerful men in America. He really is. You think the president runs the country? Absolutely not. It's Larry Fink. If you don't believe me, Google it. Just Google it. So, anyway, that's, my, that's kind of my tangent on this. I just want you people to pay attention and know what the hell's going on. Open your eyes and realize that there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes, you know, with, with you know, again, Trumpster getting smoked for 80 some million dollars when she was only seeking 20 million. If you don't think that was a sham, I don't know what is, you know, maybe you're one of those people that leaves the grocery cart laying around at Aldi. Maybe you're one of those people that just throws garbage out of your freaking car window. You know what I mean? If you are, I don't have time for you. I really don't. I don't have time for you anyway. Uh, I do love all of you guys. Thank you for listening to the third show of the Andy Mazo podcast. Again, we're going to keep it a little short. I'm not one of those guys that likes to listen to somebody ramble on for 30 minutes or so. I like to keep it around 20. I like to keep it interesting and I like to have fun. And I hope you found it exciting as well as I did. But you know what? Before I leave, I did want to bring this up. I did want to bring this up since the NFL is getting ready to kick off the NFC and AFC champions championship i don't know if you know chris collinsworth i want you to listen to this 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 dude i mean i don't know how this isn't mainstream i mean what a freaking pedo i think probably because of the money you know and i'm not going to deny it i walk around with hundred dollar bills hanging out of my pockets usually and uh 
try and give it my best shot because before I ever made any money, it was pretty much uh, big nothings, Bill. I like girls that aren't too bright because you can trick them a little bit. The high school girls love me. You 14 to 18, I'm a big star with them. As soon as they, you know, as soon as they mature, after about 18 years old, they start figuring out that, wait a minute, I know there's better than that out there, you know? Oh, I'll tell you. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> I mean, are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? That's Chris Collinworth, one of the, the biggest NFL announcers in North America on probably every major network talking about how he likes his girls from 14 to 18. How, how, how are we not hearing about this? I mean, that's just the sad reality of where we're at in life. I mean, it, it really is. It really is. Anyway, I want you to take that pill, drink it in. Enjoy the games. If you hear that puke on the on the on the networks, just understand who he is. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Andy Mazo, and thanks for listening and enjoy your life.